Hey everybody, welcome back. Another edition, Keeping It Real, IGN Movies Podcast. This is Jim Vavida, aka Stax. Joining me as always is Mr. Christopher Carl. Hello, everyone. And then this in, is a- in his sophomore slump. Slump. <laughs> Matt slump. Fowler. This is my sophomore follow-up album <laughs> when I uh add the symphonic orchestra and try to do sort of a concept thing. This is Matt Fowler, editor IGN. And uh, yeah, so let's let's dive right into it and talk about um, Toy Story three cleaning up last week in a hundred and ten million dollar opening weekend, the biggest Pixar opening ever. Beat Finding Nemo and Incredibles. Um, you guys surprised by that? We called a slightly higher numbers, I think. Yeah, you know, I think <laughs> I went aggressive. I went for one twenty five. <laughs> I, I think I said think, like two hundred. I actually think it probably could have. <laughs> Um, you know, been that high had it been a different year at the box office, but people don't seem to be going to the movies as much. We were guesstimating in $2009. Right. And uh, <laughs> not $2010 when people stopped going to the movies. That's right. So um, let's, uh, let's actually talk about um, uh, Jonah Hex, too, yeah. not doing so well. About that. Yeah, opened up seventh place with... Five point four million movie cost between fifty and sixty five million. Yeah, I mean, ouch! It was about as as uh, as short though. The running time was like Toy Story one. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> it was like seventy minutes. Yeah, that's that doesn't even constitute a movie for me anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's not that's a waste of time. But has anyone? And if the movie's bad, it's it's a double waste of time. Insult to injury. Yeah. Did anybody else here see it besides me? I did not. I, no. I, I, could not, I could not be moved to see that movie. <laughs> what do you think this means for Megan Fox? Um, I don't know. She's got a cool uh, pictorial in this month's issue of Interview Magazine, um, but I don't think that's going to help her much. I feel like that that's what's in store for her, really, are these pictorials and magazine layouts and endorsement <laughs> gigs with fragrance companies. And You know, I mean, yeah. cinema is just not where it's going to be at for her, you know. I, I can see her kind of getting her own sort of like a secret diary of a call girl kind of show on cable. I can't see no, her doing that, that. No, she I can't. Yeah, and there's no, and she doesn't have range of emotions involved. <laughs> she could play an extraneous call girl that you see at some point on the show, but not the lead. I feel like she's, um, you know, like off of Transformers. That's kind of the bread and butter thing. And with with Jonah Hex under, underperforming, um, the last thing she was that like, is the kindest way of putting it. Oh, and uh, Jennifer's body didn't do so hot either. Yeah, no, so I didn't. It's like she's not opening movies for people. But um, she's not a if, star. But if you think about what people like about her, is everyone just goes ape over her in the the trailer for bending over a motorcycle, like the, and so yeah. her, the pictorials, the pictures of her. That's she what's going to keep her model. in. Yeah, yeah, she should. She should be in Lowrider, actually. There you go. That's her, that's her career path. <laughs> wow. On that note, <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into some of the the week's big news. We got um, we got uh, uh, a lot of trailers that came out this week. We had Green Hornet, and finally, we got a, a good look at um, what uh, what Seth Rogen and Michelle Gondry have in store. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think of that trailer? I thought the trailer looked pretty good, actually. Uh, personally, as I, you know, there were there were whispers in the wind that the studio wasn't happy with Gondry or the thing was a mess and the it wasn't the right tone that they wanted. But you know, it looks entertaining to me. I'm not sure exactly 
how heroic Seth Rogen will wind up being, since it looks like, I guess, Cato does pretty much everything. Yeah, it seems like more like a without a clue well, type Well, yeah, of. a without a clue take on it, except, you know, we don't even see in the trailer Seth taking the glory for it. Really, it's, it just right. seems like Cato's show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was actually impressed. That was one of the naysayers. I, I, I feel like this project is kind of... Old, it's like too old for me. Like it, it, it feels like the spirit. Like it's not going to collect, connect with audiences. But the take that was in the trailer, at least, makes me feel like it could catch on. Right. And it it like didn't it seem fairly... too generic to you guys. Though? <laughs> well, it's funny that that like you brought up the spirit, which uh, is the more authentic take, and yet it's the one that didn't connect. So right. by updating the the Green Hornet into making him sort of this like do nothing, you know. I don't even know if he's a playboy, but he's essentially he's Tommy Boy, right? Essentially, <laughs> you know, and and he's a, he's a less <laughs> effective Tony Stark. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's the Tony Stark that dropped out of high school. <laughs> yeah, and you know, my feeling is it still looks a little weird to have Seth Rogen running around in the hero suit, you know. But at least it's a costume that is doesn't require him to like put on spandex or even the like weird like plastic plating. So, I mean, I think I think. Uh, you know, it's, it might be something moviegoers can connect to. It's certainly, the trailer was much more popular on our site than I had originally predicted. So, yeah. Um, you know, somebody I, I out there, maybe maybe it's more like a, a, a train a train wreck sort of curiosity. But I mean, I've seen some stuff having been on set that I I was impressed by. It had more of a Kill Bill vibe, and actually, Sally Menke, who is cut you know Tarantino's films, is the editor on it, and it definitely had a, a much more um, esoteric vibe from the uh, the stuff that we saw on set and I really do feel like they picked the most sort of plain apple pie kind of stuff that they could do which is probably a smart move just to introduce to people what the hell is the Green Hornet and uh, but I'm curious to see if this isn't I mean there's been such a cloud over this movie for the longest time right down to the other night when they were debuting the trailer uh, I was at the Jimmy Kimmel show in the green room they were supposed to debut it on the show and seth rogan was meeting with press beforehand so that's why i was there and the power goes out on kimmel's show and it's the only time i guess in the history of that show that they essentially lost power and he ended up doing the whole show in his laptop on the, on the webcam but yeah. now you're attributing that to the storm cloud that's following the green hornet movie i, around I think it's just the one bouts down under i think it's just one more <laughs> One more curious little... But it is interesting to see how the, the trailer performed on the site because, you know, you could say, like, a movie like Zack and Miri Make a Porno is more tailored to what people expect from Seth Rogen and that it underperformed. I mean, it yeah. did fine for a Kevin Smith film, but not for a Seth Rogen film. Yeah. And that people seem to be interested in him in this new take... Uh, well, it didn't help either that, uh, you know, there were a whole swaths of the country where they wouldn't put a movie with porno in the title yeah. on a marquee. That's our kick-ass argument from <laughs> times past. Um, uh, other comic book movie news this week. Uh, old rumors are new again about Nathan Fillion and Ava Longoria being in Avengers as Ant-Man and Wasp. I really, really don't want Ava Longoria in any Avengers movie. But she, <laughs> yeah, well... That's she's so pe- she's so petite though. She's like four foot eight. They won't even need to shrink her for Yeah, she could be actually be Ant Woman <laughs> with no effects. Um, and then some of the other big Marvel movie news this week. Well, the story has it that they're planning on doing these little mini movies, these short films before their before their main features, and that um, 
you know, about 10 minutes long, just as a way to kind of introduce audiences to these characters where they had having any sort of like huge budget at stake. One, do you guys think that's a smart idea? And two, which characters would you like to see? Power Pack. Yeah, not Power Power Pack. Pack. (laughs) Listen, Power Pack went to my school growing up. It was very important, living in New York, going to PS87, knowing that they also went to PS87. That is amazing. And seeing my yard. (laughs) And and the the older brother went to IS44, which was right across the street. (laughs) So it hit home with me. And when they showed 72nd and Broadway, you saw the Grey's Papaya there. You know, they, they, they were tapped into my neighborhood. They were my heroes. <laughs> and Cloak and Dagger, because I grew up next to Harlem, too. Ah, no, see, Cloak and Dagger, <laughs> cloak and dagger I would love dagger, to yeah. see, you know. But the Dabney Coleman Cloak and Dagger. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Cloak, cloak and Dagger, for sure. I, I would love to see that. Power Pack, not at all. Um, <laughs> I think this is a cool idea in that um, these are all going to be live action. It's not going to be animated, you know. it's They're, they're all going to be live action takes. And it, it really is, I think, sort of a... Uh, testing ground for Marvel to see if, if these things connect in any way. Obviously, like, I have my own personal biases in this case. Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Black Panther. Those <laughs> ones, I mean, I know... I think those three actually have a legitimate shot, at least Black Panther and Iron Fist. Yeah, but, you know, it's interesting, too, to see, like, within a 10-minute frame, how creative somebody can be. And, and also, it's, I it's wonder like if... A, it's like the Pixar shorts. Yeah, and I also wonder, though, if th- this isn't their attempt to sort of do, like, you remember they would have the truncated origin stories, like a collection of them in one comic, like Secret Origins or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just get the origin story out of the way in this 10-minute short, and then you go see the Black Panther movie, and not spending two hours of him dealing with daddy issues while he's trying to figure out whether or not he would, wants to put on the, uh, the suit or something. It's you know I, I even know if Black Panther has I daddy mean, issues. Yeah, it's just does. like they, they could, you could <laughs> they could exist on their own and just be out there as part of sort of the uh, the just the Marvel universe in movies now. And it, I guess if they're going to track these things by popularity and how people respond to them, it can it'll decide what movies and projects they're going to go forward with. Right. You know, based on how well the uh, shorts are received. Right. Well, uh, legitimate kind of uh, Doctor Strange news this week is that uh, news this week on Marvel stuff is that Doctor Strange has hired some screenwriters and brace for it. It's the guys who brought us Sahara. Oh, yeah. Dirk Pitt. Yes. And and, company. Yes. And they did also uh, they wrote the new Conan the Barbarian movie and they did a draft for Uncharted, the video game movie. So, I don't know. See, I'm very particular about Doctor Strange. I really want that one to be done right because, you know, I I grew up uh, Catholic and he was sort of the... He was your pagan mysticism that He was the forbidden fruit. He was the forbidden fruit. And what what was Dormammu? Dormammu Dormammu was just... (laughs) (laughs) Sounds too much like your mama when you said that. Dormammu. (laughs) And then, uh, yes, I just want to see that done right, but... One one rumor that's made the rounds that I think is kind of interesting is that Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy is really lobbying Marvel to play Doctor Strange. Now, is he McSteamy or McCleveland Steamer? Or He's Mc- is he? <laughs> <laughs> Which one is he? I don't know. I, He's I McDreamy. TV, I even, oh, McDreamy. Yes. Uh, they have to change. I mean, most of the time I'm, all, I'm against like changing and updating looks of characters that don't need to be updated, like G.I. Joe and a lot of things that they change aspects of costumes just to change them. But 
Doctor Strange needs to look different. Though. No, see, I, I like Doctor Strange's look. I love that funky cloak and like the pirate no, shirt. He can't. He can't do that. He can't rock that collar on. Why can't he? On the big screen. Hey, if Batman can walk around in a rubber suit with pointy with pointy ears, and Wolverine can go around with you know his his uh, mutton chops and everything, Doctor Strange can rock his his cloak. I don't. I, don't. I think there's just too much they need to make work. Yeah. From his cloak to his stash to his, his collar to what? everything. He, he's got a goatee, so what? He's got, a goatee. he's got some sweet pants on, too. Yeah, yeah he's got... <laughs> what, are his, what are his shoes like? Are they elven? Hey, what are they hey, like? If, if, if Thor and Captain America... Do they have bells on them? No, they're not. <laughs> Although a, Will Ferrell as Doctor Strange would be kind of awesome. Oh the pompous God. guy who gets his comeuppance. I mean, isn't that his character in every movie? I really wish I really wish he could do that. But I'm the master would, of the mystic arts. It would take him... It would Take it right out of cannon. I know, but it would be kind of awesome. Can't you see him with the, the, the wig with the the white streaks in his hair and the mustache? That would be amazing. I, I, isn't isn't Alpha Molina and Sorcerer's Apprentice playing Doctor Strange already? No, basically Nicolas Cage is kind of playing that, that version. I saw Sorcerer's Apprentice last night. I can't say too much about it, but I, I do wonder in light of that film, how how do you... How do you sort of do sorcerer on screen and not have it be a repetitive thing of people throwing blue energy balls at each other? It's always, I mean, when you're talking about uh, fantasy or sci-fi, but especially fantasy when you have powers, ground rules are so important and they really bring you in and bring you out. Like Harry Potter, it's all there because he's learning in school and taking classes and they have established spells and he only knows a certain amount. Yeah. And things, Sorcerer's know. Apprentice doesn't have that. So you're but, constantly like, well, why are you waiting to get hit back by this guy? Just create a spell that can just yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. blow it's the that, room. It's that problem of like uh, deus ex machina. You know, like you can use a spell to take you... Latin. Out. He said Latin. I, you know, we should... If we had a bell, I'd ring the That Latin stands for right. Days of Thunder, by the way. <laughs> That's Latin for Days of Thunder. You know, like, it, you know, Hand of God plucking you out of any situation. And, you know, in sci-fi movies, you can solve anything with technology. In fantasy movies, you can solve anything mm-hmm. with magic. But the a, a skilled storyteller will not let that happen. Will, you know, like, establish your land. Like Matt was saying, some ground rules that, you know, define the world in a way that it isn't just ridiculously crazy. You know, Superman is held in check by kryptonite, and, and thank God kryptonite exists. That would be a really, really boring-ass movie. I mean, in the, in the updated Superman movie, um, um, in Singer Superman, they had to use an entire island of kryptonite against him, yeah. so I don't even know what, what he has to face going forward if he does. Yeah. So, um, other, other news this week. Let's dive into uh, some uh, Sherlock Holmes 2 rumors. Daniel Day-Lewis as Professor Moriarty. One, I don't believe that Daniel Day-Lewis will ever work for anyone other than Jim Sheridan or Martin Scorsese or his wife. Or his wife. Or I, I mean, he pops up in things. Oh, wait, he showed up. He worked for Rob Marshall, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, he, they, he, uh, he pops up in things that are sometimes surprising given that we, uh, we held him up on this pedestal, rightfully so as a performer. But also, you know, we're told about how picky he is. And, and as somebody who has gone long stretches between projects, we also probably project pickiness upon him. Yeah. And we're like, this guy could be the, could have had a year like Tommy Lee Jones had. But, you know, when he, what was that one year when he was in nine movies? And, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, I, but I'm saying, like, he could work all the time. 
it's obviously something that he doesn't need to do or want to do. So it's too busy cobbling boots. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, I suppose if like, he, if maybe he's always wanted to work with Downey Jr. or Jude Law, you know, like yeah. if the ingredients are there, he might do it. Yeah. Maybe he needs a houseboat. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Can you imagine him actually doing a paycheck movie? Yeah, maybe he's yeah. done. Maybe he's done everything in Hollywood that he needs to do, and he wants to do something fun. Yeah. I mean, that would kind of be kind of awesome if that's how he was approaching it. Yeah, and no, you know, in a sequel to Boot, you know, it's not even like it's his, you know. Although, you he, do need an actor though of a certain caliber to be not only uh, to to trump Sherlock Holmes at different points. But to be believable as somebody who's as smart as, if not smarter than, Downey. And he's, I mean, he's one of the brightest actors. He's one of those actors you look at. He doesn't need to put on glasses to show that he's smart in a movie. You know, you can just see it behind his eyes. But he does need to put on glasses and a ponytail to let you know he's ugly. (laughs) If he were a high school girl. (laughs) I'm going to throw it out there. Carrot top. I think he could... With his props, <laughs> with his bag of tricks, I think he should be a Batman villain. More devices of evil, Moriarty. <laughs> exactly. Well, some of the other actors that have been rumored for it include Sean Penn, Javier Bardem, uh, or Bardem, I don't know, and then um, uh, Brad Pitt was supposed to have done the voice of Moriarty in the first Sherlock Holmes, but now there's a whole school of thought saying that uh, that wasn't him at all. So, uh, well, I mean. Everyone you've, you've just said or sounds Or Gary good. Oldman is another one that's yeah, been they, mentioned. Everyone for... sounds great. I mean, even Brad Pitt to me, because I think that he, he does shine when he plays eccentric, you know, fatty yeah. characters. Well, Snatch, yeah. Or, or, uh, or um, 12 Monkeys. Yeah, yeah Something that's like true, that, yeah. you know. I just don't want to see Sean Penn in that role. I, I don't buy him in it. Uh, maybe Javier Bardem, but I think Gary Oldman, of all those ones mentioned, sounds like the yeah. guy you'll end up getting because he's a Warner Brothers guy. And he's also the guy I'd most like to see in that role. If it, I do think that Daniel Day-Lewis would be interesting, but if, if, yeah. if him aside, I would say Gary Oldman. Well, see, years ago, uh, there was this comic book called uh, Ruse, and it was basically a takeoff on Sherlock Holmes. And uh, I, I did a, a casting column for movies years ago about it, like who would you like to see play, you know, the villains in the movie. And the villain in Ruse looked just like Daniel Day Lewis. So I picked Daniel Day Lewis and Russell Crowe as basically the Sherlock type character. Stay alive, no matter what it is, <laughs> we'll find you. That's true. He did he did do uh man, I used to love that score by the way. That last Mohican score. Oh okay. yeah, I, I had that. All the That's time. great, yeah. Um, but uh, I, and, I'm, and I'm forgetting the guy's name now, and I, it's one of those blanks. But uh, also, be good from Deadwood. What's his name? Oh, Ian McShane. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. Moriarty. Yeah, he'd be great too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's doing Pirates Four though. So oh, I don't know. I'd rather him. I'd rather him be in Sherlock than Pirates Four. <laughs> if I were to choose his path for him. Well, what, what, what's what's not sitting well what? with you about Pirates Four? Um, I don't. They, I mean, they're they're huge, big spectacles. They're are enjoyable to me. They became. They did after sequel after sequel become decreasingly enjoyable for me. Yeah, me too. And I, it got to the point where I was just kind of watching the screen, not caring where they would go next. I was just, you you know, sometimes along for the ride isn't a good thing, even when you're talking <laughs> about an escapist summer blockbuster movie. But that's just what you feel. Right. You know, they just do things, and you're like, okay, I'm watching this again. When there's fight scenes. You don't feel an element of danger. You just feel like you're watching it, you know? Right, right, exactly. And, and I think, though, that the next one is going to be a little different. They've, they've apparently hacked the budget quite a bit 
and they're filming in Hawaii instead it's, it's of the actually, It's like rope. It's, it's just in it's one just, room. That's right. <laughs> one long take on the boat. <laughs> Someone's murdered in the dead man's chest. They stuck right. him in there. Who is the dead man in the dead man's chest? It's a whodunit. Um, some other news. Uh, Neil Blomkamp was rumored Say to that be... Say name again. Neil Blomkamp. Blomkamp. Of the Philadelphia Blomkamp. <laughs> exactly. Of the oil tycoon Blomkamps? <laughs> no, of the Johannesburg Blomkamps. Uh, he had been rumored to be directing The Hobbit, and apparently he is, uh, he is not going to do it. At this point, everyone's rumored to be doing The Hobbit. Weren't you rumored to be I doing was, The Hobbit? Yeah, it fell through Brett at the Ratner. last... <laughs> oh, yeah. Brett Ratner was actually... He wanted Bill Goldberg to play... Um, <laughs> Bilbo? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be too awesome. Uh, Goldberg Baggins? Uh, Gold dust. <laughs> As Bilbo. <laughs> Uh, uh, too anyway, who cares? Like, who cares who directs The Hobbit? No, I care who directs The Hobbit, but who cares about that rumor? Like, it's like about Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp isn't going to direct The Hobbit. Yeah, okay. Oh, so, he, so he's got real, a lot of people. Well, he's got ties to Peter Jackson. I think that's why no, we'll give that rumor some I, steam. I know he's down there. <laughs> he's, he's, I just feel like I just feel like you know we're gonna have to endure a lot more of these before the you know before they come forward with the Hobbit director and then who knows who knows I feel like you th- you think Green Hornet's under a cloud the oh, Hobbit movie is under Crispin Glover should direct the Hobbit <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know Crispin Glover you know uses all his uh, acting money to finance these projects where he works with Down syndrome actors and and does uh, does his Crazy, weird, uh, dreamlike um, movie projects. Um, I can't. The first one was called "What Is It," I believe, and um, they're just really, really trippy. Check check out the trailers online if you don't believe me. I've only seen the clowny clown video. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So having him direct anything with a budget <laughs> attached to it would be freaking amazing. Who, if he did who the directed Hobbit, the, the that rabbit movie Willard that he did? Uh, not rabbit, rodent, whatever the hell it the, was. The remake? Yeah. I don't know who directed it. There was a string. That wasn't him though, was it? No, no there no. was a string of those movies. Um, he was in Like Mike as well and he did he did all these like <laughs> paycheck movies in order to get a budget together for this one film that he wanted to do called What Is It? Um, I think it's called What Is It? I, I could be wrong. but It's got all that Alice in Wonderland money though. Yeah, so I think that's why he did Alice too. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know. He was. I mean, he got he to work with Johnny hot, Depp and, and Tim Burton. Time machine. That's true. But you know what? That movie was almost like a Valentine to him because I, because yeah, he true. was in Back to the Future and everything. And it's a total nod to that movie. I mean, almost beat for beat, kind of knockoff of it. You know. I wish there were more people in Hollywood like Crispin Glover, just because he is so out there and so <laughs> and like so random with his approach to how his career that uh, I'd be interested to see. People in clones. People just don't know how to deal with that, though. Yeah. Unless unless somebody immediately knows what they're supposed to feel about somebody as a celebrity, they they just don't fly. Who who, who else do you think is like that? Oh, like Crispin Glover, or just like somebody that you can't get a beat on, kind well, of. Well, uh, we were just talking about Daniel Day Lewis. Right. People don't photog- photograph him. You could say you could say that there are secret pe- secretive people who are good at keeping their personal lives away from the paparazzi, but then there are people that the paparazzi just don't follow. Because people don't know what to make of them. Yeah. We're talking about why people are doing movies, like Crispin Glover is doing it to raise money for side projects. We don't know why Daniel Day Lewis picks his projects, you know, and that's a, 
You know, we know why Katherine Heigl does. We know why, <laughs> you know, we, a lot of other people do. Like, they pick the same thing and they do we, it over and over again. We know why Lindsay again. Lohan did. Yeah, we know why she's... Past tense. But it's just hard to get a, a beat on people, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I just feel like a lot of people out there don't, you know... They latch on to these fake celebrities, the people who are famous for not doing anything, because they... You know, it's easy to formulate an opinion about them. Yeah. Well, you know, Christian Bale used to have a smidgen of that back in back in the day before he did. Well, Batman. you're talking about the machinist. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, like anybody who changes that physically, that drastically for a role. I feel. Yeah. Like, I feel like Sean Penn is kind of in that camp too. Like he's yeah. a little bit like he's his own man, and and he he chooses the projects based on his own ego and 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 that sort of thing. And his. He's definitely got much more comfortable though, kind of like. A little bit at poking fun at himself and doing just to. sort of more press stuff too. I think the fact that he's shown up as at the Oscars as much as he as he has, and the fact that he's now won two of them, shows that he's kind of embraced and they've embraced him, the establishment. You know. I think he had to though. Like honestly, he it was getting to a point in his career where I think he was just becoming like just this like. He was he getting was older too, great, and he had to. It's like the negativity surrounding, you know, some of that stuff was like really hurting him. I think, and yeah. you know, it was it, it needed to happen. And yeah. at this point, you know, like we said, like why paparazzi choose certain celebrities? At this point, photographers follow him around, hoping to get punched. <laughs> I mean, they don't. Yeah. You, they, like stars are just like us. No one's going to care in Us Weekly if they photograph him going to a Trader Joe's, you know, to buy, you know, you know, right. organic jelly or something. <laughs> <laughs> that like, sounds, sounds like a different store, actually. <laughs> it sounds like they followed him to the pleasure chest. But, uh, you know, they follow him because they hope he'll throw a fit. You know, that's why they do that. Oh, no, man. I like that you called get out kicked an in the actual junk. Los Angeles. <laughs> I called out a couple of shops. Los Angeles shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so oh, if you guys don't God. know, pleasure chest on... Um, on, Where uh, Carlito's way means something else entirely. Yeah, tell, him, tell him Chris sent you. <laughs> tell, him, tell him Chris Carl sent you. What's that I'm here for the organic jelly. <laughs> <laughs> the Fowler's way. Your face is on it like Paul Newman's but on I'm the Fowler's own. Yeah, it's for some reason. And the it thumbs changes. up, but your My thumb is all greasy. My face changes themes depending on the spiciness. <laughs> like I'm wearing a sombrero if it's like sauce. <laughs> <laughs> or like, and it's like a beret if it's in a marinara style. By the way, who the wants Spanish to, fly version you're wearing this one. Who wants to use spicy organic jelly? <laughs> More people than you can find, than you think. Oh lord. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of. Uh, Speaking of uh, organic jellies, um, Tom Cruise has been... <laughs> that was not a segue. I don't know what he that was. He was on was. Uh, Regis yesterday morning promoting Night and Day. Night and Day. Night and Day. It's, it's a very clever title. Generic. Oh, he's not but even... he, it's spelled with a K. It's a clever title. Yeah. Like Christopher Knight and who played Peter And girls are dumb, Brady. aren't they? Girls are just stupid <laughs> as hell. He said, wait till I count to three. What does she do? Stands up, gets shot at. Dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb. <laughs> Yeah. All these movies. Uh, well, anyway, Night and Day I've seen, and it's now out, and it's uh, it's got its moments. It's 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 you know a passably entertaining thing for like a date night. Or will this make a hundred million? No, no, no. In fact, I think uh, the early reports had it paid for only making like a couple of million on its opening day. I was gonna say overall. Yeah, so far a couple of million, and that it, it might only end up making like you know in the teens this weekend. Which yeah. I mean, 
that we're all a- we're all in our thirties. Tom Cruise was like a money minting machine at when, when we were growing up. I have increasingly interesting experiences going to movie theaters and listening to the people sitting around me, especially watching trailers. Uh, going to see the A Team and watching the trailers and listening to the people behind me not understand what they were seeing with their eyes somehow. And it just goes into my, a lot of people don't know what to think about things unless well, they're Give told. me an example about the A-Team trailer. That uh, no, not the A-Team trailer. I saw the A-Team movie, but uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. They had, some reason they came out of that not having a clue what they just watched. And these aren't old people. You know what I mean? These, you know, they were probably my age, maybe younger even. And they were so just conceptually like, they so did they not would, understand. So they would say something like, what was that about? Yeah, what was up with that? Uh, you know, and they would say really v- v- vague things like, I don't even know what the story was. And they, Expendables trailer. Expen- it's as if, if you have a trailer that only has montages of dialogue and action and not the voiceover dudes telling you what the story's <laughs> about, people don't know what they're seeing. I don't yeah. think that applies to everyone. I'm just saying that night and day, I have a general concept of what that movie's about because you kind of get led through a little bit because you see... Them talking, you see Sarsgaard's, what's his name? Peter Sarsgaard's after him. And he's supposed to be a rogue agent. But that's about all I know. And that she, you know, she's mixed up with it because she was on the wrong plane. You know what I mean? But, like, going into that, people have a, I think, that people don't have a clear definition of what that movie is, what they're going into, as to say other movies that Tom Cruise has done. But yeah. they're also selling it uh, on on star power, which and is ironic which considering the poster Diaz has, has silhouettes. And, and Cruise has very little. You know, I thought the. You I don't think Cameron Diaz has any left? No. I think the poster was a really weird choice, and you know, just not putting their faces on the poster. Very odd. Very odd. You know, it's been like proven. <laughs> this is where I will have no actual knowledge to back this, or no actual hard facts to back this up. But it has been <laughs> proven. I've read studies about like how faces on posters, you know, uh, influence box office gross, and if you. And if you shy away from putting a face on a poster, you put something else, um, you know, you can seriously cut into your gross by doing that. Now, take Tom Cruise's face and Cameron Diaz's faces and put put them on a poster. I think they're definitely known quantities. Everybody in the world knows who those people are, whether they follow them or not anymore. It's got to be worth something to put their images out there. Yeah, otherwise, why, why bankroll a movie with them in it? Yeah, rather than putting this weird, you know, like, and I don't even think, I don't even really think that the poster is that hot, you know, like if it was a I cool. It was a decent teaser poster, well, but not if, like. If it a, was like out of sight or like an Elmore Leonard lower budgeted movie, you right. know, that, you know, yeah. it's kind of quirky and, and, you know, cool. But this is like a big blockbuster that they're hoping makes a lot of money, you know, why yeah. the subtlety and, the, you know. It's weird too, because I would say outside of this week, I really haven't heard much about this movie, and you know, like we work in the industry, and you hear you hear the buzz, like building, 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 and there really was no lead up to this film. For so. me, it was just the trailers. Yeah, you know, like but yeah, so, but they were like few and far between. I thought. Right. Well, I mean, do you think that Tom Cruise's reputation is still an issue even after having done Tropic Thunder and all this stuff. And yeah, but people liked him in Tropic Thunder for a different reason. Not the same not the same it's not the same love they're gonna give him in night and day. Yeah, I mean we did a piece called the Many Faces of Tom Cruise, which uh, which Matt helped to write and um you know a lot of the comments in that piece were, you know, I, I couldn't stand Tom Cruise until he did Tropic Thunder and that movie saved him for me. So, you know, I think 
Yeah, then if, yeah, if but the I don't buy that him, crap because I, I people, buy it if they're young enough. Yeah, I, I, if whoever's leaving the comment is young enough, that's fine. I've enjoyed Tom Cruise in many things. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've we've I mean, all the grown guy, up with Tom. The Cruise. guy's been a major star for over twenty years, so obviously people. And I think like uh, I think maybe if Mission him. Impossible Four, I think people will be more forgiving for that because of the the franchise and the the trickery and the adventure behind it. But something well, just out of the out of the blue and you know, like something like Night and Day. Yeah, well, funny uh, enough, uh, Mission Impossible 4 might potentially get canceled because the report report is that Paramount is looking at those night and day numbers coming in and are getting very skittish about going ahead with Mission Impossible 4, even though Brad Bird might direct it, or they're going to retool the script and have crews teamed with a, a younger, hotter agent, which to me, that's like a death knell right there. Female? That's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But it's, it's I mean, it smells like Hollywood homicide. My problem with Night and Day. I enjoyed Hollywood homicide. <laughs> <laughs> my problem with Night and Day, honestly, is that if it's not successful and and it is a new thing, it's just going to, like, reinforce that, that bad thing yeah. in Hollywood where it's like you can't, you can't. It has you know, to be based on a board game. Or, yeah, you can't yeah. have something that's brand new. Um, come out and and you know get people to care about it. Just you know? when A Team underperformed, and maybe we had a hope that you know like <laughs> yeah. people yeah. would stop basing things on old properties. Or maybe there's just a really big sort of bag of apathy going on at the movies this summer. I think that I think part of it is is that I think people are just why go out and spend that much money on a movie if it only looks okay. You know, uh, people went to see Avatar over and over again c- because it was an event and they wanted to make sure they got their money's worth. Uh, I'm still not quite sure why Alice in Wonderland was the huge monster hit of the year that it that it has been. But evidently people were okay going to see that over and over again. Uh, Iron Man 2 has done well, but, I mean, it's not... Um, it's not going to be said in the same breath as like a Dark Knight or I even. Th- no, no. I think Alice had films. that. Alice had grown ups. Topic crowd. It had. Like, but it had grown ups and it had people. kids. It yeah, had yeah. eight year olds. Yeah, everything. but why do kids want to keep going to see that movie? Because my I, daughter I didn't... wants to watch it all the time. Really? Right? I have it on Xbox. Like you know, she just loves watching. What it. What was the big? Uh, because it's a very dark. Uh, yeah, she didn't care about not, that. Yeah. yeah. So kids. Kids she are likes, probably much more kind she of watched, acclimated she to Twilight too, and like, she, she, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for other people's children, but she, she really likes. Go ahead. I'm just saying that <laughs> she likes darker elements, but she also likes behind the scenes stuff. Oh, so okay. if she'll watch Twilight, then she'll want to see how they rip the dude's head off in the gym in the behind the scenes <laughs> thing. You She's know? three, right? No, yeah, right. <laughs> this is my eight year old. Okay. And she, that's just what she likes, you know. And she'll, she'll, I'll show her Raiders and their face melting. I think. That was the most disturbing thing she's seen so far. I mean, <laughs> she just basically said, like, why did you show me that? You know, but it's not like she's going to have nightmares or anything. I was six when uh, Raiders came out, and my parents took me to see it in the theater. And I remember that was, a, that was one of the only movies I ever got taken out of the theater <laughs> during. You know, like, I was, I, my dad took me out. And, you know. In Raiders at one in point? In Raiders at the point where the faces started melting. Oh, wow. It's just right at the, like, at yeah, least yeah. just let it stay to the end. <laughs> no, I mean, we came back in. Oh, okay, okay. saw the end. It was, it was just, like, for that one scene and um you know i it, it's funny because i like that's my that's my like one and only my parents were very conservative you know so i saw like not i you know we wouldn't watch r-rated movies and stuff like that i probably didn't see an r-rated movie until i was like 15 or 16 and um and so 
but it was funny because that was the one time I actually got got taken out. Well, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it wasn't movie? rated R, so it was, you know. What's the last movie you guys walked out of? I've never walked out of a movie. Uh, I've wanted to once. I can't, I can't recall because, in, at least in my particular job, as much as I'd love to walk out of movies, I can't because <laughs> I won't get invited back if I do yeah. another one if I did. I'm trying to remember, uh, I don't know. A movie I, you I, paid money for. I, I wanted to, you can talk to Goldman about our experience watching uh, I love you. I love you not with Claire Danes and uh, Jude Law. <laughs> wow, which is was based on the novel and took place in like uh, snore. Um, yeah, it, no, it, it was awful. it was awful, and it was more insulting to me having gone to a a, a New York City prep school and it being about it, literally one of the premises of the film was that Claire Danes was the only Jewish girl in her New York City Manhattan prep school, <laughs> and that she would somehow get like harassed because uh, they had like Holocaust Day and a Holocaust survivor came in and then all of a sudden people would ride on her locker Holocaust thing. You know what I mean? Like it was ridiculous. And like, and I mean, considering the fact that I went to a New York City prep school and I was the one of a handful of non-Jewish kids. I'm just saying like yeah. it, none of it rang true and it had f- silly lines and it was ridiculous and there was, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, what's the dude from, uh, Dead Poet Society. Not oh, Robert a, Sean Leonard. Yeah, he 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 played a uh, uh, an SS officer who appeared in her dreams as the Angel of Death. Like, wow, <laughs> wow, yikes! Yeah, that's not going in my Netflix queue anytime <laughs> soon. So mine, um, mine is uh, the Real McCoy with uh, Kim Basinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Val Kilmer. I, I rented I that. I feel like I watched it, but I don't remember. Oh man, that movie was horrendous. And if I, I'll say this: that if I had watched Sphere in the theater, I would have walked out of that. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was I walked out of my house. I kept it playing on the TV, I just, and I went out and did some errands. I just took off all my clothes and walked off into the woods. <laughs> after I saw that, I was like, "I'm, I'm done yeah, with I humanity." My, yeah, I lit well, myself on fire and well, jumped out the just, window. Just to backtrack for a minute, I mean, you'd said you know it's a, it's a shame about things seem to have to be based on games and stuff like that. Well, a couple of news items this week. One is the Good Luck Trolls. Remember the little troll dolls yes. with the big spiky Don King hair? I, this is going to sound Are horribly... getting turned into a movie by DreamWorks Animation. And then also there's a rumor today that Rock'em Sock'em Robots might get a movie as from Wolfgang as tr- Peterson. As, <laughs> Peterson. As long as the trolls fart and dance within the same movie, nice. it'll be a box office hit. I, Probably I, I think they will. should do it live action and cast the Olsen twins as the trolls. Wow. <laughs> or cast any act, yeah, cast any celebrity that anyone's ever done a lookalike troll comparison, like pictorial, like <laughs> Don I, King is the head troll with his hair. Get Taylor Lautner and have him as the llama-looking troll. You know? <laughs> Seriously, if you put... If you put spiky hair on the Olsen twins and <laughs> just no, they're up. just gonna look like. See, now we're behind this project. <laughs> See yeah, how we, we that's it, how you can turn it around, Hollywood, get, right there. If we get that to happen, then Rock'em sure. Sock'em Robots. I wonder if they're gonna. I wonder well, they're if already they're, doing Real Steel, which is this, a similar idea, which was based on a Matheson short story. Yeah, which and, predates and I, I asked you guys this earlier about um, Stuart Gordon's Robot Jocks, which is essentially about futuristic robot wars, you know, with, with people inside the robots. Giant, it's essentially Rock'em Sock'em with Gary Graham from the Alienation TV show. Nice. I really hate uh, the, you know, I mean, it could be a cool movie, but I really hate the name Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Like, <laughs> there's no rock on, there's no rock going, there's a lot of socking. Yeah. 
going on. But it's like they're not rocking they're back not rocking. and forth. No, it's like really you're gonna go to the movie theater and you, you know, you're gonna go up to the ticket counter and be like, I'd like two tickets to Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds. Like it worked for. Uh, Robot it sounded jocks. like my dad when when <laughs> I, he uh, one of my birthdays when I was a kid he bought me with Al Yankovic's M3D the uh, the album mm-hmm. the actual record and uh, <laughs> he had to tell me how embarrassed he was to actually go up and say I'd like to buy Weird Al Yankovic he was, he was looking for it where is the Weird Al Yankovic of course now the guys it was embarrassing baby back then now he's our nation's poet laureate. Yeah. He is. He's, he's a national. Lo- he's a national treasure. Now. I loved Weird Al so much. <laughs> he's great. Up. He knows why the cage bird sings <laughs> too. The, 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 the thing that I'm most pissed at uh, at Tim Burton's Batman for is that is that it crushed UHF, which was a funny, funny uh, movie, and it pretty much ended like any more Weird Al projects in Hollywood, which. Which oh, and, and Victoria Jackson project. Yeah. project. Which I'm kind, of, I'm kind of bummed about because I kind of feel like Weird Al probably had some cool movies in him besides the, the other The only one to come out of that unscathed was, was uh, Michael Richards, but yeah. he had to go to TV. Yeah, well, yeah. he ended up scathing himself. What was, that? What was Cheech Marin's show? It was something teaching your chihuahua to fly? Oh, man. And he would just throw your dog out the window. <laughs> it wasn't Cheech, though. It, it, who was it that? It was a guy who just looked like Cheech. Oh, okay. And I'm, projecting, like, I'm projecting yeah. Cheech on him. Many people don't know this, but turtles are nature's suction cups. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen UHF, you should... Uh, Put it on the Netflix or download it. Or right after I Love You, I Love You Not. Download it on your Xbox <laughs> or whatever. No, yeah, don't watch I Love You, I Love You Not. That's an anti. That and Real McCoy. Can, can you ha- is there such thing as an anti-Q? Like a, a whole list you set up separately for when you're feeling masochistic and like. Oh, man. You know another movie that belongs on there? 29 Palms. Never, never I, that, watch it. Was that the, was no, that you know the, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Also, don't watch that. <laughs> oh man, oh, that, that was uh, that was when every movie had to be like Love in a 45, which yeah, had well, to be that like whole, true romance. And yeah, everything was a Tarantino knockoff. That that's what killed indie films in the 90s. Was was just everybody started doing their the little Tarantino quirky, you know, pop I went culture. To, I went to film school in the wake of Tarantino, and everyone's project had to be some sort of police interrogation scene where they dropped 70s film references. It's like, yeah. you think you're Charlie Bronson? You know, like, and everything yeah, was... Epithets and I feel like the only, the only thing, the only person who benefited from Quentin, Quentin Tarantino films was him himself. Yeah. And, like, everybody else kind of, like, paid the price for <laughs> well, it. Even, like, you know, Michael Keaton has worked with Tarantino. His career has... I mean, I think Keaton kind of basically semi-retired, you know. I mean, he's, he's in Toy Story 3, and it was good to see him back. He was in... Uh, Herbie fully loaded. He was. And first daughter. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Robert Forster, you know. Oh, I'm not talking about an... actors. I'm talking about, like, filmmakers. Because he did, like... Oh, I mean, like Benefit? Yeah, yeah, I guess Rodriguez. What was the, what was the movie with... Like, uh, um, is about it. What was the one with James LeGros? And was it Diane Lane or something? Something in a 45 and a handbag? Love in a 45. Well, no, Love in a 45 was different. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. Wasn't there... Somebody, somebody in a handbag, or is that dying? Uh, you know the one in a duffel bag? No, 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 no. I mean, I can't believe I just said that out loud. <laughs> on a no, some, I just remember a poster uh, with her with like a gun in her handbag. I All like I know is that that movie had the scene where Pesci's on the phone on a payphone, and he's calling, and David Spade answers, hey. and he says something like, 
and, he, and, you know, he's not answering his questions, and Pesci's getting really frustrated, and he goes, oh, hey, tell me if this sounds like a phone hanging up, and Spade hangs up the phone, and he goes, no, ah, and he gets all mad, and he <laughs> hits the phone on the payphone. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, real quick, uh, last news item is uh, rumors about Timothy Oliphant maybe as the new Snake Plissken. What do you guys think of Timothy Oliphant as Snake Plissken? I like him. I'd like Justified a hell of a lot. That's yeah. a great show. I don't know if he's rough enough for me. Like, I don't think he's rough en- enough around the edges. And I-, I liked Gerard Butler for it. And I also don't think he's got the playfulness that uh, that Kurt Russell has. Yeah. He, this time he should have a patch over his mouth, though. <laughs> <laughs> a mouth patch. I can't think of another person I'd really want to play Snake Plissken outside of possibly Carrot Top. <laughs> That's way too many character to, references. Your go-to casting. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this week's box office, got we got we got uh, Night and Day opening up, and uh, and Grown Ups. The Adam Sandler. Why are film. they all peeing in the pool at the same time? Because they never grew up. That's why. At the same time, though. Synchronized bladders. And, I don't know. And I'm just saying that they wouldn't swim away from their pee zone. I don't know. That becomes. They didn't realize. They thought it was a myth. No, but I'm, even if that didn't exist, you don't wallow. It just kind of seems like very. I don't know. That movie seems really generic to me. Even with the it looks talent, painfully with the, unfunny. With the ta- with the talent associated with it, uh, it just seems like it. I don't think it's going to connect with people. It seems yeah. crowded. It just it, it seems, and it just like, seems then predictable it's like they had to and cast people as their unfunny. wives, you know, who are supposed yeah. to be funny or something. You know, like, yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think it'll do? I think Toy Story three is going to hold it number one. I think it'll probably make like I'm going to say. 60 million this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, Toy Story 3 definitely at number one. Um, I, th- I think it's going to do 70 this weekend, actually. Oh, sweet, sweet. Okay. Uh, Fowler? 65. 65, okay. Uh, do you think Karate Kid will hold in second place? What did it do last weekend? Made 29 million. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it'll be grown ups. Yeah, okay. What about you, Chris? What do you think? I'm, I'm thinking... Well, I actually think Night and Day is probably going to be second. Really? Yeah. I wow. Think, okay. I don't think it's going to... It did what, It did two in the in the opening day, but yeah. I, I think it's still going to do... Like, do people go see movies on Wednesdays anymore, even if it's the summer? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't... That's that's what I'm thinking. It's not like one of those movies that you can open on a Wednesday. And but if a couple out. had to choose between seeing Adam Sandler and all these guys in a movie or Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, do you think yeah. that... The guy uh, would want to see Adam Sandler and the girl would want... I don't even know if I don't like Tom Cruise anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's, See, it's, I, I think... I think um, I think Grown Ups will probably come in second with, I'll say, like 22. Um uh, night and day, probably third with like eighteen. Eight, yeah, about I'm gonna say seventeen in Karate Kid, uh, right behind it with like fifteen, sixteen, like almost like a photo finish. I think uh, I think Night and Day is gonna do twenty five, and I think Grown Ups is gonna do twenty two. And that's what I say. He's predicting a very healthy box office this it, weekend. It is because I don't know. I have faith. I have faith in the people, and uh, I think I think you know we're gonna finally get some uh, we're gonna finally get some uh, people out to the theater this weekend. All right. Well, we'll catch you all next time. Blood for frogs. <laughs>